1: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. For the second time today, we are going to be talking tech, this time with Mike Agarbo, who's the host of The App Show, which you can find Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio. And there's a rumor that Mike is joining us from Toronto today. Is that correct, Mike?
0: Yeah, I'm in town for a week, big Samsung event. Uh, They're going to be announcing some new phones.
1: Oh, Mike Agarbo getting the front row seat to the Samsung event in Toronto. Look at you moving and shaking, rubbing elbows. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how many elbows can be rubbed. Uh, Mike, let's talk about the world of AI. Yesterday on the show, we were talking with Marco Pasqua about the DAL-E2, an image generator by OpenAI. Mike, you wanted to dive a little bit deeper for your insight onto the subject. So at the moment, AI image generated art is uh, looked at as something of a novelty, but there's more to it. What are some of the practical applications for this new technology?
0: It's really amazing. I've been uh, messing around with one called MidJourney.ai. It's available through uh, the Discord uh, uh, app, and you can make some really amazing art. It's actually mind-blowing, uh, basically just typing in some keywords like dog, space battle, whatever, and the computer will generate uh, you know, this amazing uh, piece of, uh, piece of work. Uh, you know, as far as a practical application, uh, you know, I can see commercial applications for this, you know, businesses wanting to, uh, generate uh, art for proposals, uh, or, you know, the wall, uh, you know, I guess the sky's the limit with this, but you know, if you haven't had a chance to check this out yet, it, it will blow your mind at how good it really is.
1: Speaking of the sky being the limit, those are some practical applications. Where do you think the overall potential is here?
0: Well, uh, gosh! Uh, right now, we're just talking photographs, but uh, you know, the uh, the people behind MidJourney.ai say within two years uh, they'll be able to uh, have uh, artificial intel- intelligence that'll be able to do thirty frames a second, like video, actually oh my gosh. create uh, video. And then, you know, they're you know postulating ten years from now, you know, your your Xbox will come with uh, an AI chip built into it that'll be so powerful that it'll just create games on the fly. That'll be like dreams. So, you know, I don't think we can fully fathom what's happening here yet. Uh, You know, but if you do get a chance to try, you know, some of this this stuff out, uh, you'll start getting an idea of how how amazing uh, the future will be when it comes to uh, creation and you know just having a tool like this. Like the art is better than I will ever be able to do in my life. Like <laughs> you can have cartoon art, you can have, you know, photorealistic landscapes, you can have work in the style of Van Gogh. It, it really is amazing.
1: It doesn't take much to outperform me on the art front. I almost failed kindergarten <laughs> art because I couldn't cut straight. So, you know, that's just how I be. Uh, Mike. i I've been using a brown crayon the whole time. So. <laughs> yeah. Mike, of course, we live in a polarized world, so no news story or technology story can come without criticisms. What are some of the criticisms of this tech? Uh,
0: I guess some people are saying it's going to take away the human element uh, because computers will just get so good at doing art. Why do we need humans to do it anymore? So uh, I don't know. You know, I I think we still need humans uh, to uh, kind of curate this stuff. um, And they still will have artists that do have the human touch, I I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen, what direction this will go in. Like if, if you can have artificial intelligence, basically make all the artwork you you need, like honestly within like 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I don't know where the future will go with this. Yeah, Uh,
1: Mike, what's the landscape in terms of the availability to this, to the average consumer?
0: Uh, Midjourney.ai, it's uh, available now. Uh, the first 25 images you generate are free. After that, uh, it's a paid monthly subscription, anywhere from 10 to $30 a-, a month. I know so many friends right now. They have no practical application for it, but they're subscribing because it is just so amazing and and awesome.
1: Mm, interesting. Well, Mike, let's go from the world of artificial intelligence and art to the world of sports and technology, English soccer club or football club Manchester City wants to know what their fans are feeling at the games beyond just sort of singing songs. So they've developed a new smart scarf to gauge fan emotions. So how does this pilot project work? How is this scarf measuring my emotions as I'm yelling at Mohamed Salah?
0: Yeah, I don't know if you really needed a scarf to tell you what uh, (laughs) the... we feeling in in the UK I mean you can just look at them and get a pretty good I- idea but it's got almost like a little Fitbit built into the uh, the back of it so when uh, the person has it wrapped around them it's measuring everything from their, their heart rate uh, and what they say is their emotional arousal again I don't know if you need a scarf to figure that, <laughs> that out but um, I, I guess uh, the club is just trying to get a sense of you know how the fans are responding to the game as the game is uh, happening and then obviously using that information for nefarious purposes.
1: Now, of course, people would have been listening there and said, Dave, why were you talking about a Liverpool player, Mohamed Salah? I'm putting myself in the Manchester City point of view that I'd be yelling (laughs) at Mo Salah. Of course, they would be cheering for Kevin De Bruyne, their star midfielder, but again, not to get too deep into an English Premier League soccer preview, which actually starts this weekend, so that's kind of exciting. So, Mike, you mentioned nefarious, and I don't know if uh, we want to get the lawyers in on this one, but what are they expecting to do with some of this data?
0: I don't know. I guess, you know, they're trying to improve the overall entertainment uh, uh, aspect of, of the game. Again, I I don't know what they would improve uh, upon uh, there, but, you know, they're testing it right now. I think they tested it on six fans. They're going to actually be rolling it out to more uh, folks. So uh, we'll just have to see where that
1: uh, that all goes. Is there any precedent for this of other sports organizations tried to put smart wearables on their fans?
0: I don't know about fans. I know they've put them on players mm-hmm. uh, you know, as you uh, their overall health and and, and fitness uh, as they're playing the game uh but i'm not aware of any fans that they've used as guinea pigs yet <laughs> for this kind of stuff so we'll we'll just have to wait and see
1: yeah i mean it's 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 a neat idea but as you say oftentimes when it comes to sporting events uh oftentimes the emotions are worn on the sleeve not around the neck so uh, right. i think i think we'd be pretty clear about uh, who the fans like and who the fans don't like uh but hey, listen. Try try something new, and uh, if it means they can sell the the team supporter scarf for the extra hundred dollars, then uh, more money in Manu's pocket through it, because you know they need more money, Man U. They got to spend oh. these hundred million dollar euro transfer fees to bring in the the big players and buy their championships like a baseball team. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Go Liverpool. Go Reds, uh, Mike. Let's uh, jump into one more issue and bring it a little closer to home with the ArriveCan app. According to Global News, the federal government has admitted some issues are popping up with the ArriveCan app, including quarantine notifications for travelers, uh, telling them that they that they had to potentially be quarantined after crossing into Canada. So, we, do we know why this accidental alert was sent out?
0: I don't know why it was. Uh, obviously, there was a glitch in the system. It affected about three percent of, of users, and uh, just on iPhone users. So, if you had an Android phone, it, it didn't affect you. Uh, smart. But yeah, you know, you'd fill out the the app, and then it uh, told you, uh, even though you didn't have to, that you got a quarantine. So, I mean, this is kind of a long, uh, you know, on a long list of things uh, with this particular app. Uh, I don't think. Everyone loves this uh, app, uh, and they're expanding upon it as well. It came out, you know, basically to help uh, manage uh, COVID, uh, but um, now they're going to be incorporating other border screening. Uh, tools and questions uh, into it uh, going going forward. Uh, it, it's, I think, gumming up the system in uh, a lot of uh, the busier places. I think in Windsor, for example, the border, uh, people there are saying, you know, 40% of the people don't know how to use it properly and they're having to help them. So that obviously takes a lot of time and, and makes the lineups longer.
1: Yeah, some of the criticisms of the arrive Can app certainly are lodged in political belief, but there are some definite technological issues that exist with this. What are some of the ones that are common ones that are popping up?
0: <laughs> people just don't know how to use it.
1: Yeah. Um that fair. There's,
0: there is a lot of stuff. Well, it's not a lot of stuff, but you know, if you're not tech savvy, you know, you got to load this app in, then you got to put all your passport information in. So, some people just don't want to go through all of that. You know, I was in Europe uh, a little while back and you know, at the airport, uh, you know, before you could actually go through the gates, you had to show that you had filled this this app out and it, there was just chaos. You know, people were crying, and the lineups were crazy. So, uh, you know, I don't think the vast majority of people are, are used to this this app. I mean, once you get it loaded and get the info in there, it's not that difficult to use. But, you know, I think of my parents, for example. They would never know how to use this in a million years. Yeah. So, They would be people coming up the border.
1: It's a barrier to entry for sure as folks are trying to get familiar with the technology. I will say this, Mike. We've reached the point where it's a little bit preposterous that I'm still filling out that thing with a pencil and pen that they're handing me on the airplane (laughs) when I'm crossing (laughs) the border. So, like, if we can digitize this a little bit, that would be great. Really appreciated. But let's make sure the app is accessible and functional and properly, properly functioning.
0: Uh, Exactly. And, you know, one pro tip for the listeners out there, um, you know, if you've got elderly parents uh, that uh, are crossing a border, you can actually include them in your app as well. So get all their passport information and and fill it up for them before they they go
1: across. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely something to be said about being a team leader on that front. Yeah. Hey, Mike, listen, enjoy your week in Toronto. Hope uh, hope it's uh, safe travels all around and that Pearson doesn't give you too much trouble. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review.
0: Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.